It's Wednesday, July 13th, 2022, and this is Talk Commerce. Do you want to improve your conversion rates, decrease cart abandonment, and improve your acquisition efficiency and spend? Have you ever created a customer journey? Nadav Charlinilis helps us to understand and answer these questions and more. Nadav is with Namogu. Namogu helps to maximize each online journey's potential for e-commerce brands by experiencing everything through the customer's eyes. The Namogu Digital Journey Continuity Platform automatically gathers non-P2 data on customer behavior, website, product, device, and environment to give each customer what they came for and get everything else out of the way. This is a very informative interview, and I encourage you to listen and share it with your friends. And now, your free joke. I've offered my elderly neighbor $20 to try out their stair lift. I think she's going to take me up on it. This episode of Talk Commerce is brought to you by SalesLayer. SalesLayer is a product information manager in the cloud that centralizes product information and synchronizes it in all sales channels automatically. Print, web, mobile, product feeds for the retailers and more. Woo! Big cheering in the background, but low budget, so we can't do it. Forget about inefficient spreadsheets with SalesLayer. You can upload the information that you have in whatever format you have with one simple click. Go to saleslayer.com today and learn more about how this fantastic PIM in the cloud can help your business move forward into the future. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to this journey with Talk Commerce. <laughs> Today I have Nadav Charnelis. He is with Namogu. And Nadav, go ahead and tell us uh, what you do in a day-to-day role and maybe one of your passions in life. Thanks, Brent. So like you said, my name's Nadav. I am the Director of Product Marketing here at Namogu. We're located in Alia in Israel. I run all the product marketing functions at Namogu. So that means all the positioning and the messaging and the sales enablement, working with product and working with sales and across all the different roles here at Namogu. So yeah, creating all the uh, all the collateral around our different products. As far as a passion, is, I used to be a passionate runner. I used to run like half marathons every few months, but then I had kids. Not so much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kids will do that. There's always yeah. time in your later in life to get back into running. So don't get exactly. me started on that. Good. So let's dive right into customer journeys. For just a little bit of background, let's help our listeners understand what is a customer journey for a brand. Right. So that's everything. So if you're a brand or an e-commerce brand, it's everything that your visitors, your shoppers go through from the minute they become aware of your brand to the moment they go to your website and browse your products and then go to checkout and put things in their, in their cart and check out and convert. And then even how do they come back to your website and their journey back? So it's their entire experience from creating awareness about who you are coming to your website, shopping and converting, and then hopefully coming back and creating loyalty. 
And I know that if you've ever if you've ever attended a tech conference or they're talking about platforms to do this, a lot of times as a merchant, you feel or you could feel as though this is only for enterprise platforms or huge retailers in the world. Is customer journey good for anybody, any size store? Yeah, every store has a customer journey, right? Everybody does acquisition. Everybody brings people into their site and you want to eat and your shoppers, they have to go through a few steps on their journey until they find the, the product that they want, until they realize that they trust you as a merchant, until they're ready to. So yeah, everybody has a journey and everybody needs basically optimization of their customer journey because it's, customer journeys are inherently complex, no matter how big you are. Obviously, the bigger you are, the more complex it is, but the level of complexity, even for smaller stores is immense. And what's, what are some of those challenges then as you move into trying to find out what is your customer journey? Yeah. So we at Namogu, we've actually been working with, so we started off working with some of the world's biggest e-commerce brands. And now as we've matured and as we've grown, we've opened up our platform to smaller brands, mid-market brands, SMBs. And what we found is that everybody in the market, in the e-commerce market, and more so mid-market and SMBs, they face, I think basically there's a couple of like segments of issues that they face. One issue is with their marketing stack. One place is that it's really hard. Everybody wants to move the needle on the KPIs in their customer journey. We even did a survey a while back of e-commerce leaders, and we saw that uh, e-commerce managers, marketers, 75% of them have tools and data at their disposal, but they still struggle to, to put it all together to act on their customer journey. They have a hard time maintaining that data stack and that marketing stack. They have to work with a bunch of different functions in their organization. Sometimes they're not always aligned in priorities. It takes a long time. And even when those things are set up, those tools kind of work in silos. They don't roar in the same direction. They're all roaring in the different direction. So it's really hard to align those tools around their segments and the messaging. And it creates problems. It creates a very hard experience in actually moving KPIs in the direction that you want to move. And then the other set of problems is what every e-commerce manager or whatever marketer at an e-commerce company wants to do, which is improve conversion rates, decrease abandonment rates, improve their acquisition efficiency and spend, create brand loyalty and get people engaged in coming back. And what do you do? What are the tactics that you use? What's the data that you use? What are the segments that you use to move those KPIs in the right direction? Um, and beyond that, there's a slew of other problems, right? So there's privacy issues now with GDPR coming up. Uh, or GDPR existing in, in, a, in a cookie-less world coming up and, uh, and issues around all of that, which makes it difficult to use the data that we've all been used to using. There's testing issues. And I think pretty ubiquitous around every e-commerce brand is there's a blind spots in the customer journey. So we don't know what we don't know that's going on in the customer journey. It's hard for us to see what our customers see within the journey. Yeah, so I think you the two points or the two main points you talked about, the moving the KPIs, improving conversion, things like that. The first part of that is there is a myriad of data and how how can you help your marketing professional or marketing manager harness some of that data and put it into a place where you can actually do something with it. So that's why we created at Nomogu, why we created something called, we're calling the customer journey operating system. And the way you can think about it is if you think about your computer, you've got a bunch of apps on, but you really couldn't use them and take advantage of them. If you didn't have an operating system, it would just, you'd have to know the code or know which code to go to, or it'd be very difficult and complex. And that's why, what's why Windows, Microsoft and Apple, they created operating systems. So you can have one place to go and you can use all your different apps, right? 
So that's, if you think about the customer journey, it's very similar, both whether you're thinking about the different data points that you need to use and all the different tools that you want to use across analytics tools and personalization tools and customer market, customer communication tools, and all these different tools that exist in silos. You want one place to go where you can activate all these different things. So that's what customer is, what customer journey operating system does. It, it brings in all these, all the data points, all the events and segments that you as an e-commerce manager has have on your site, it standardizes the data for you. So it's all defined in the same place and it lets you activate those different data points across your different tools, whether within CGOS, which is what we call a customer journey operating system or across your own tools. So whether it's Google ads or Facebook ads or something like a dynamic yield, you can use your tools with the data that's already centralized and standardized within CGO. And that data is also based on, like I said, Namogu's experience with e-commerce, right? So these data points are proprietary data points that are pretty unique, right? So there are things like your shopper that comes to your site, what device are they using? What's the, what's their internet connection strength? What's their device speed strength? Do they have shopping extensions like Honey or Amazon shopping extensions built into their browser? So a lot of these things that we usually don't think about when we're thinking about conversion and engagement that we found are actually really important to understand what the customer intent is, the shopper intent is, whether they intend on buying or they intend on abandoning and taking action on those things. So we've built all these data points based on our huge network of 1.2 billion unique users that create indications of intent of the shoppers. So basically we've created an operating system that is one source of truth for your data points. So your segments, your events, your attributes, you can grab them immediately from CGOS without the need of, to talk to a developer or an analyst or anything. So you, as a marketer, you implement this tag on your site and you get all those things pre-populated and you can use them across your tools. And on top of that, we've also got AI, which bubbles up different insights for you whether they're correlations between data points and KPIs, or they're interesting things that are happening within your site's data that we kind of pinpoint for you. So I think to your question, it's a long-winded way of getting to your question. We make working on that data and moving the needle and understanding what's important and working across your tools much easier than it was before and much more impactful. So you can actually see the things that really make a difference for understanding when a user is intending on purchasing or when a user is intending on abandoning or anything else that you'd like to know about your shoppers. Yeah, that's fascinating. Even digging into the extensions that they may have in their browser. If you're looking at the customer and you want to know or you want to personalize their journey, how do you balance between being a little bit too personal to just being anonymously personal? So we talk about the runner example, that this person's a runner, you give them a group of runner things rather than giving them specific things that are so to them that they're like, wow, this, they're like watching me. I think that's something that we at Namogu were very aware of. All of the data points that we include in, in CGOS, they're all cookie list and non-PII. So they're all GDPR compliant. So what does that mean? It means that the data points that we take are not things that are considered infractions of any privacy laws. And it's all aggregated, right? So I can create these segments based on these data points that are an aggregated to an aggregated point. So it doesn't become creepy. It doesn't become like things that I'm showing you like, oh, hey, Brent, this is the exact thing that I know that you like the color blue and that you're a football fan or, or something like that. So here's the team that you like and the blue shoe that you want. It's a lot, it's aggregated to that. So it's personalized and it helps conversion 
but it's also still mindful of privacy laws and the general feeling of a shopper that they're not being followed by a big brother type. If you're a marketer, do you want to rely more on the journey platform to bubble down those those segments? Or do you want to have some of your segments come up because you've relied on them over time? So I think it's a two-way street, right? So the beautiful thing here is that you can actually with CGOS, you can import your existing segments from your tools, right? So if you have your tools in Facebook ads or in your analytics tool like Adobe or anything, any other tool that you are working with, you can import those segments into CGOS, and then you can export them into your other tools if you want to, or you can take these pre-populated proprietary data points, explore what's going on with them, create correlations with other data points, create new segments, and then push them out into your tools. So basically you can both use the ones that you know, or are successful for you, and you can use them as they are across your tools, right? Create that standardization across your tools, or you can use RAI and the things that we pinpoint for you or the things that you find yourself as you explore the data and export it into your different tools. And do you think that a lot of times marketers get caught up or get caught in what they've had in the past and let's just continue with that without analyzing, looking what is new out there and taking some of that new data in and maybe creating new segments? Definitely. I think it's... I, as a marketer, can say that I've I've fallen into that. I've got my same my same segments that I've always created based on data points that I've always used, and I try to use them again and again. And then the problem with that can be trying the same thing over and over again without working is usually not going to be successful. And also trying to share these segments across tools is also usually unsuccessful because you have to redefine them and they're defined differently across your tools. So I think both having a tool that kind of pinpoints for you the interesting things that are happening gives you points of data that are new that you haven't used before. And that a company like Namogu with the massive network that it has knows are impactful for e-commerce brands. And then being able to use that in a standardized way across your tools is, can be extremely impactful. Do you have an anonymous example that you can share about a merchant who found something that was surprising that they wouldn't have normally have discovered if they were just using their automated marketing platform that doesn't track all the different things? Because I can see how if you're not putting everything into one big bucket or at least tracking everything holistically, how you could really miss out on certain parts of that data coming through. Yeah, I can think of... There's a few examples. I'm trying to think about which one would be probably the best one to use. I think one of the data points, one of the interesting data points that we have is does the visitor have ad blocker on, right? And ad blockers can be a pain for marketers for a lot of different reasons. One can be, you can be targeting your campaign at these, you can be targeting like a Google ads campaign or whatever type of ad campaign at shoppers with a with an ad blocker. And then you're basically spending money on somebody who's never gonna see your ad. Or you're running A-B tests on an ad and that kind of muddies up your data. So we've had customers vendors, sorry, uh, merchants out there that, that have used that data point to block out those ad blocker shoppers and improve their spend efficiency, right? Their acquisition efficiency. 
or to improve their A-B testing ability. And that same goes another data point that we have is, is the user in incognito mode? So that that can be also very, that can tell you a lot about that user, that user is interested in privacy. They don't want maybe, maybe they don't want to answer all kinds of questions that you want to ask them. So you might want to change the way you have forms for them or the different type of messaging that you show them. Another type of data point that we have is, is, is a weather data point. The shopper in the general area where they are, like what's the weather? And we found that different for different products, the weather can affect their conversion rate. So you can see in real time, by the way, all the data points are in real time and they perform in real time, what the weather is like for that shopper and provide them with a different offering. So if you're selling hats and you know that it's sunny, then maybe that's the time to create ads for your hats at that time. Or if you know that there's rain, maybe that's a time to offer free shipping or a free delivery. If you're sending out food, maybe people don't want to leave the house. So these things will let you do a lot of personalization in real time with data points that I, in, in the research that we've done, is not something that most marketers use. Yeah, that is really good. So just jumping back into Cookulus and maybe the iOS 14 privacy things that have come up, it sounds mm -hmm. like a lot of the things that you're doing are naturally things that aren't going to be tied directly to some user's account so you can anonymize this quite a bit mm -hmm. talk about the challenges that now merchants have who say relied on facebook ads for their for all their income and how that has really been hindered through some of the changes in privacy that have happened yeah so i as we all know that's been a huge challenge for marketers and i think we're going towards a world where cookies become less and less available or across different platforms whether it's facebook or anything else so it's becoming harder and harder to personalize messaging and ads and even the actual user experience on your own using the traditional means that we've always used as marketers or e-commerce managers. And that's really why one of the reasons we created this solution is we have the ability to to both anonymize and aggregate our data. And it's all cookie list, right? It's all, we don't use cookies. It's all session-based data that that is completely in line with GDPR and privacy regulations. Just as a privacy thing though, for abandoned carts, in order for you to know that someone has abandoned a cart, they have to be logged in. You have to know something about them to be able to target them, to tell them, hey, this was in your cart. Or can you know that they've come back again? That's a great question. In our product, that still works if you're anonymous. So for in most, I think in most solutions, yes, you need to know that they're registered or you need to know who they are and collect that personal data. In our solution, that because it's session-based, it's anonymous. Again, now, if that user is registered, obviously that's, you're probably gonna have that data. And you can, by the way, you can import that data into CGOS if you choose to. If you're a vendor, if you're a merchant and you're one of our customers and you want to import that the data that you have, that personal data that you have into CGOS, that's up to you. It's completely customizable. But the data that we provide that's auto-populated within CGOS, none of that is, is it's all cookie-less, it's all anonymized. And we can, because it's session-based, we can see things like card abandonment, even if you're not registered. Right. And you can target them again when they come back to mm -hmm. your site. Okay. Yep. Do you see, I think I see Apple pushing towards this really, really private world and maybe Google going the other way? Is there, do you see trends from the big tech companies wanting to push one way or the other? I think everybody's going in this direction. I think Apple and Google are setting the kind of setting the scene. And I don't, I personally don't see anybody going in a different direction. And even the, and, and, and 
And I think it's a, for the world, it's a good thing, right? Nobody, even we e-commerce, even we marketers, e-commerce professionals, we don't want to be tracked either. And nobody wants to feel like they're being tracked on a personal level. And that's why I think solutions that aggregate and provide you the ability to personalize without kind of fracting on people's privacy or GDPR regulations is really important. And it's something that's going to become more and more important as the years go by and as as vendors like Apple and, and Google become more and more privacy do you think there's a way of ever getting around the fact that you've looked at, let's say, a running shoe store, and then for the next two weeks, all <laughs> you get is targeted display ads for running shoe stores? Or for myself, I get umpteen million Adobe ads because I'm on the Adobe website. <laughs> yeah, I get the same thing. I've got, I've, as a product marketer, I do a lot of competitive research, and then I get followed around by every competitor that we have, I get, I get their ads. I think as cookies become less and less available, that's probably going to happen less, but there'll probably be different solutions that are, I assume, less obtrusive into your, into your privacy, right? So there'll probably be different solutions that are aggregated and put you into different groups that kind of try to predict whether you belong to a group that is going to convert for brand X and brand Y, but it'll probably be a little less intrusive than it is right now. Is there a way to get around it? Yeah. If we use, if you use incognito mode and everything you do, if you don't use WhatsApp and, and you stay off that kind of platform, that probably is going to, you're probably going to get targeted a little bit less, but today in like a world with cookies, it's still going to happen. Yeah. And I guess I was going down the path with this question to lead into, is there a better customer journey or does a customer journey platform in general kind of alert merchants to say, Hey, dial down the creepiness factor. I think it does allow it. So it allows, it allows you to be efficient with your target. It allows you to actually give your shoppers a personalized and relevant experience that's better within their customer journey. It allows you to remove blockers from your customer journey, which is a huge problem for a lot of vendors without, yeah, without being like super privacy creepy, without following people around with ads all over the place, but still targeting them when it's relevant. A lot of times, even with the way things are now with a lot of cookies, the targeting that you get just doesn't seem relevant, right? Like it's not the right time. It's not like, it doesn't talk to really to the, to, to what you really want. It's just dumb and rule-based. It's, oh, you visited our site. So now you're going to get this ad for the next 150 years, wherever you go, which is inefficient for everybody. Like the customer ends up hating it because they they get inundated with ads that aren't relevant for them. And for you, the merchant, you're just spending a lot of time on ads. And that's why solutions, AI-based solutions like ours, they, we have a prediction engine that can predict when a shopper want, intends on purchasing, when they intend on abandoning. And you can create different segments based on the different data points that we do that make it really smart and you can target in real time shoppers or prospective shoppers with targeted ads that make sense for them at the time instead of the blackening their sky with with ads wherever they go what if you had some advice to give to a smaller merchant even as they move into maybe medium-sized merchants how would you tell them to start looking at or analyzing their customer journey? I think the important part is understanding, first of all, understanding like what are the KPIs that are really important to you, right? What's the, there's, there are vanity KPIs and there are important, there are KPIs that are really important to you. What are the things that are really affecting your bottom line? Is it conversion rate? Is it average order size? Is it abandonment rate? Like where, what's the thing that's impacting you the most? And where are you, where do you find weakness? Like where are there big drop-offs? Where is there a number that's lower than you would expect it to be? Try to see your customer journey, both 
based on those KPIs and from your customer's eyes. So sometimes when we see the journey from our customer's eyes, we discover things that we wouldn't see as in our day-to-day. Are there blockers there? Are there distractions? Are there things that are affecting them that we wouldn't think of in the day-to-day? And try to act on those things in real time. So when a customer is facing a problem, when they have, when they when they intend to do something that that is either positive or negative, you can find a way to act on that. An example of that for us at Namogu is another tool that we've that we've developed. It's called intent-based promotions. It is a tool that knows to present promotions to shoppers based on their intent to their probability of acquisition or probability of abandonment. So if we see somebody that has a high probability of abandonment, maybe at that point we'll show them a promotion of. X percent off, or if we see somebody that has a high probability to, for, to, to purchase, then we might show them a lower promotion, or we might not show them a promotion at all, even if there's, in other cases, you'd have a site-wide promotion that they see. So solutions like that kind of save you margins aren't like a one-size-fits-all solution. I think that makes sense for mid-market and smaller brands, right? Because it really helps you be efficient and get the most out of each shopper that comes to your site. How about the idea of reducing friction across the entire journey? How how much importance do you put on that? That's the, that's basically how we started at Nemogu. The original product that we developed was something called the uh, customer hijacking prevention. And that was, there's something called ad injections that come into e-commerce sites. It's unauthorized ads from competitors or from other brands. And sometimes they'll, they'll be attractive enough to take your customers off of your customer journey and take it into their own customer journey. So that's how we started in identifying those things and blocking them when needed. And we've developed that into newer and uh, and a broader use cases, right? So one of the things that I've already mentioned is shopper extensions. So shopper extensions can be very useful for you as a merchant, or they can do things that you don't want them to do. They can provide coupons or discounts where you don't want them to provide coupons or discounts or to shoppers that you wouldn't want them to get discounts. Or it can do comparisons to your competitors and funnel your customers to other sites. So these are all things that we've been very focused on throughout our history. And we know for a fact that it affects a lot of e-commerce brands. And there's a lot that you can do. You, One of the first things is identifying these things that are happening in your customer journey. And then you can fight back. You can either block them or you can analyze when it's actually good for you and when it's not good for you and pick and choose the places you block. Or you can do something active and engage with promotions that are personalized or messaging that's personalized. And there's a lot of different ways that you can interact with, with your shoppers to overcome these blockers and these things that are distracting within your customer journey. And there's a lot of distractions in the customer journey for, I think, almost every brand. Yeah, that's amazing. Nadav, thank you today for this has been a great journey to go through in 30 minutes. At the end of every podcast, to give our guests a chance to do a shameless plug about anything you'd like to plug. What would you like to plug today? Well, yeah, I think I'd like to plug, uh, obviously, Namogu and, and our platform. I mean, for if it isn't clear from, uh, from everything I've talked about until now, Namogu is a digital journey continuity platform, and it helps currently over a thousand brands shape their customer journey. And what we do is we make each customer journey fit each and every shopper's needs. And if all of that has been interesting, whether it's our customer hijacking prevention product, our intent-based promotion product, 
or our customer journey operating system, which basically provides the underlying infrastructure for e-commerce brands to power their customer journeys in real time. If any of that is interesting to any of our listening listeners, then please visit www.namogu.com. That's N-A-M-O-G-O-O.com and learn more. And we'll be happy to talk to you and let you know about our solutions. All right. First thing then, wh where did the name Namogu come from? That's actually, I actually recently found out. So Namogu is, uh, comes from a Hebrew word. Namogu basically means in Hebrew is a plural of they went away, they disappeared. So basically the solution was for your shoppers that disappear because they were taking away because of ad injections or because of shopper extensions and things like that. They went away, they disappeared to your competitors. So that's the word in Hebrew, it's Namogu. That's great. And uh, what is the best size merchant then, or what would you like to speak to anybody or is there a good fit for your platform? Yeah, we speak to SMBs all the way up to enterprise customers. If you're, if you're a very small brand, it, the solution, you might not have as much value from the brand because you might not see as much of these interruptions or these things that are coming up. But as, but if you've grown, you're already like an SMB, you have some activity on your site, you have some orders, things like that, around a thousand orders a, a, a month, then you can already start to see value from these products and we'd be happy to talk to you. Yeah. And I always say in marketing, you don't get any good marketing until you have some data to analyze to see exactly. what that's going to happen. So you can always speculate, but having actual data and volume there is always exactly. a great, so, great thing to have. Yeah. Yeah. Our data is based both on our, like I mentioned, our huge network of 1.2 billion unique users, but also it learns as it's implemented on your site. And the more data you have, obviously, the faster it learns and the more accurate it becomes. Nadav, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for staying up late and, and coming on the show today. And uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brent. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been a pleasure to be your host today. Please sign up for our newsletter platforms at talk-commerce.com. Rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce wherever you download your podcasts. New shows out every week.